Welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my good friend, Jim Stammen. We're actually in the same room. You're you're actually, like, clean shaven and hair's done. <laughs> and, man. Well, the hair's only done because I have to impress my wife a little later. It has nothing to do with you, believe me. <laughs> but, That's good. But here we are. I mean, we're in the new studio downtown. We are. The Avenue. Really cool. Excited. We got our faces up on the wall. It's it's neat, man. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And you know what? I've actually tried to get down here twice and uh, because of, of life, I didn't get here twice. But um, I got to say, it's done really well. And um, I have a feeling I know who's really responsible for that. And it might oh, not be DK. Are you going to sit here and tell me that Dayon didn't put all these potted plants around? <laughs> you know he did. Come on. Dolly's not doing that stuff. Yeah, well... <laughs> No, but hey, it's really nice, and uh, unfortunately, I brought my wallet, and I'm gonna have to spend some money. Oh, uh, I already, so. I already did that like on opening weekend, so I, I'm there. But I guess we should probably talk baseball. That's what people tuned in for. So let's start with with something that I think is super interesting. You can just feel it coming, like like you see the gray clouds over the storm, like it's it's coming over the hillside. O'Neill Cruz is coming up real soon, and his bat is leading the the story. That's why. Yeah, I mean, he's hitting. And I, I know Super 2. Yes, I know they played games and everything. I, I get it. But even if you want to dispend belief a little bit, he's coming up now because he's crushing the ball. Right. He's ready. Right. Yeah, it's the bat. Right. So he's going to come up here. I think he's going to play shortstop. I mean, you look at the makeup of this team. How could he not? Come on now. I mean, like, yeah, we're well, going to put him in the outfield. Yeah. I mean, especially right this second with right. how everything's kind of uh, shaping up with the roster. I'd be, I'm, I'll be interested to see if they do want to give him a, a, a start here or there in the outfield at some point. I think they might. I think they might too. And I think it might come after a particularly bad game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because um, I do think we're going to see that. It, it's not a secret. I mean, he can get to everything. Sure. His range is crazy. His arm's crazy. But you and I saw firsthand, and I've watched a lot of a lot of his games in AAA. It, there's, there's still a tendency to double clutch a little bit on the throw. There's still a tendency to not realize his arm is so strong. He has more time than he thinks he does. And he just sails it. And with, you know, Michael Chavis over there. <laughs> I don't like the combination of a of a shortstop that sails balls and and probably the league's shortest first baseman. Typically, those roles would be reversed height wise, exactly. which, which is kind of funny. Exactly. But um, yeah, and you know what? Uh, and and I, I would just tell Cruz is look, it didn't matter as much in the minors what he was doing in the field. It's going to start to matter more now. He's yeah, going to well, have to he's going to have to even some of these things out. Let's think about that for a minute because you know, I I've heard a lot of people give me comments like, "Oh, well the the team is just they don't have they don't have the balls to tell him he can't play shortstop." And I don't think that's the case. I think they've told him in no uncertain terms, you know, listen, the outfield's something we want you to try as well. It's not sure. 
and and it's directly because you're not performing in the field here for us, right? I don't think there's if people are suggesting they're not being upfront with him, I just don't buy that. I think they've told him exactly what they I'm sure they have, yeah. need from him, what they expect from him and what what they'd like to do with him if things work out well. I I I don't think that's a Ben Ben Sherrington is many things. I don't think he's somebody that's going around telling people things that aren't true or that is going to come back to bite them. I mean, I'd like to think that too, but I, I'm sure there's a little bit of um, mischaracterization of what they're doing or what they're looking for. And, you know, it's all to mask what you know he's really mad about, which is getting sent down in the first place because right. he felt like he never should have. Which is fair to to a degree, of course. It, to a degree, certainly. The hour is upon us now and he's coming up and he's going to play shortstop and the people that want to skip right past him to Leo Verpiguero. Well, he's kind of got the same issue. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, like, no, I think he's a better defender overall. I think he profiles a little better there. I think he'll grow into his body a little better than, than O'Neill Cruz will at that position. But that doesn't mean that right now he's getting the job done either. So let's not act like we've got like this sure thing locked up right there. If they thought that they wouldn't be playing Nick Gonzalez there sometimes trying to trying to see if somebody's going to emerge as a shortstop here. Yeah, they're doing a little bit of uh, trial by error. Mm -hmm. Excuse the pun. But um, no, I think what you're going to see is um, they they I just think that they maybe organizationally feel that Peguero tracks better as a as a major league shortstop. I think he does too, and all the yeah. scouts say the same. But right. I just can't wait till Twitter happens whenever Cruz gets that first error or he gets that first start in the <laughs> outfield. I'm just gonna be I'm ordering a Fiori's pizza. <laughs> Probably my go-to, which if you want to know what it is, it's pepperoni and green peppers from there. But you know, that's just my go-to. And I'm just going to enjoy watching that whole thing unfold on social media because it's going to be fun in the sense of people are going to lose their minds. One way or the other. Right. One way or the other, they're going to lose their minds. They're either going to blame Michael Chavis for not being taller. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or they're going to blame whoever for not scooping it out of the dirt. Or they're going to blame Cabrian Hayes for not moving over far enough to get the ball. He never should have had to get that. Because the caping for this kid before he even gets it, here is unreal. It is going to be something to see the mental gymnastics that people hope. And hey, hopefully we don't need to see a ton of it that he just comes up and performs and we don't need to see it. But rest assured, there are going to be uh, apologists out there for when yeah. he does something bad. I mean, Jim, I think he's not. He's probably the last big call up for a minute here. Yeah. We should probably talk a little bit about why that is the case. And I think we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to pick up there, talk about why we, we should maybe not be ready to cast off all these veterans right away. I mean, I think some of these guys have a place on this squad when they get back. Yeah, that 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 has been something on Twitter that we've seen a little bit, too, with all these rookies. And um, I think, yeah, I think we can talk about why that might be getting the cart before the horse just a little bit. Yeah. All right. I'll be right back.
All right, we're back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Jim and Gary with you, sitting in these really comfy chairs, which is really sweet. I'm mm-hmm. kind of enjoying that. I know. Bit. I'm going to take this back to the house. So, can't remember the last time I recorded a podcast without a cat grabbing at my leg or something. <laughs> it's pretty nice. So, um, we, we're going to pick up where we left off a little bit, and, and where I think we should leave off is is really why can't we just keep the youth movement going, Jim? Let's just bring them all up. Let's go ahead and get Mason Martin up here. Let's. How about G1 Bay? We got to get that guy up here. Kanan Smith and Jigba's hitting. Hell, Madras, what about Michael Burrows? I mean, like, let's go. We've we've already proven we can skip AAA, right? And that right. kid's killing it. So, yeah. Why, why don't we just go full youth movement? Why don't teams do that? Well, um, a a lot of these guys aren't going to work out. I hate to break it to people. I know that we we are now intimately familiar with a lot of these minor league names and prospects because that's what we have to look forward to here. But reality is it's going to be some misses and more than a few. Sure. And then here's the other thing too, is like, cause I've started to see as soon as, as soon as they had this eight and four stretch and look, I know everybody gets, Hey man, it's good to see. Right. I mean, they're winning. They were beating some good teams. Young guys are producing, but you can't just start to jettison all the guys that are kind of like your baseline glue guys. Cause there's going to be such wild ups and downs with the rookies that like the Ben Gamble's of the world. A, if you go trade them, what are you really going to get for them? I mean, I'm not rolling out that they'll end up trading them anyway. Sure. But I think there's value in having guys like that in the room. I mean, so much value in it that, I mean, what did I say right after Roberto Perez got hurt? I'm like, I hope he comes and hangs out in the dugout at least. And it turns out he He is is doing doing that. that, And the Pirates asked him to do that. He's happy to do that. There's a reason that you want that around, you know, and I, I think it's clear that, you know, the Pirates are probably playing a few IL games here. And that most teams do. So at, let's be but honest. But at some point, veterans don't want to play along anymore. And that's when they have to come back, right? Right. And that's what we're almost at right yeah, now. Yeah. And so, so we're going to get there pretty soon. Now, now, Kevin Newman, you know, he's legit hurt. But I don't know how you can watch what we've watched and not miss the glove. I just don't know how. You can not miss the bat. I, I mean, I get that. But that that steady sureness at shortstop, it's so important to a team. I do think that Castillo is giving us that a little bit, at least the steadiness. Right. But he clearly doesn't have the range Kevin Newman did. Doesn't have the arm strength. You know what I mean? So... There's a little bit of a drop off there. And I also think it's moot. Once Cruz comes up here, he's going to play. So, yeah, I, I I would hope so. My goodness, if they bring Cruz up and 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 he's not playing 80 percent of the time, then I can see them pop him at DH. And, and whatnot, I think they'll too. do that. Yeah. And I do think you're going to see him out in left field every once in a while. But, you know, you know, back to look and when we're I think it depends, too, on what veterans we're talking about, because there's some of these veterans that they don't belong on this team anymore. Uh, in right. my opinion. Yoshi. But like, yeah. I mean, yeah. let's just say you got elephant in the room. 
Yoshi. Uh, I think, you know, the Yu Chang thing, uh, that is what it is at this point. Um, but this is what I would also caution against that people tend to take guys like, um, like a Ben Gamble for granted. And what I would say is, is it's hard to be a Ben Gamble in major league baseball. Like, yeah. like that's not an, you have to be pretty good to, to be a guy that fills the kind of roles that he does. That's not easy. I mean, think about what he teaches too. He teaches you like, okay, I may not have been anybody's top prospect. I may have done nothing more than just work harder than other people. Right. But look at what it added up to in year five here of my career. This team wanted me and valued me back so much that they sent down somebody that they also value and want to, to get at bats for because they want me up here. Yeah, what's that tell you? He's a pro. Yeah. I'm, the point is, though, I think we're going to see a lot of fans kind of, I think, get a little bit irrationally angry about somebody like a Cal Mitchell going back down. But reality is there's a reason that you have these guys around. They're measuring sticks. Yeah. And you have to have people like that around. And and if you don't, then I think you're doing yourself a disservice. You're doing the kids a disservice. You're not allowing them to absorb the messages that can be given by them. It, it's so important to me. Well, I mean, hopefully these guys that are coming up, they should be in total sponge mode. And should if be. you're just around other guys that are not used to being there as well, you know, it's a whole different level of being a professional when you get to the major leagues. Right. And so I just think that, you know, if you clean everybody out, great. As a fan, would it be exciting to see? Sure. But I just don't think that translates to how you got to have guys in that clubhouse that have knowledge, experience, maturity, and know how to tell a young guy who might be struggling, hey, just, you know, s stick with it. Calm down. Do this. Do this. This is what's helped me. I mean, that's the veteran part of the story. Right. And I think absolutely I agree with you. Need guys like that back here. There's a rookie side of that story, too. You know, you're looking at an outfield right now. You got Jack Sawinski. You got Cal Mitchell. You got Travis Swaggerty. You got Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds isn't going anywhere. You know, he's going to get his, his at-bats. You know, we can talk a little bit more about whether he should or not yeah. in a minute here. Right. But, like, for right now... You, you've got three rookies already out there. Plus, two competing Marcano, if you want to add him in. He's been he's playing left fine. field as well, right? So you can't just bring up Kane and Smith and Jigba. Yeah. It doesn't even matter necessarily what he's done or how good he looks or how you can't just toss Cruz out there like it doesn't matter. You've got guys you actually need to get at bats for. You're going to take a bats away from Jack Sawinski right now? I'm not. Jack Swinski ain't coming out of my lineup. So like, no, I, I mean, how could you right now? Right. He's been one of their, over the last month, he's been one of their best hitters. Yeah. So, I mean, they, you, you actually start to almost have them collapse on each other. And competition is cool. But competition doesn't work if you can't give it bats to everybody. Yeah. We've, we've seen, like, a player like Michael Chavis. I think it's kind of a rarity, actually. He's excelled through it. They have not given him consistent starts all season long, and he's just pushed through it. He's made it work, mm -hmm. um, you know, and 
we, we are starting to see him maybe cool off a little bit, but I think that that's expected. I mean, I don't think anybody, if you were expecting Michael Chavis to hit 300 and have an 850 OPS, I don't think that would be realistic. So, um, but he's another guy that has, yeah, I mean, he's a veteran now, even though he doesn't have a ton of at-bats in the major leagues. Right. So I ask again, does it matter does it matter what 22 year old Mason Martin is doing right now? If you have Michael Chavis who has contractually the same amount of control left, really. Right. And you kind of want to get eyes on him and let him play a little bit. Right. Sure. Now, if you, if you're going to bring up Martin and platoon them. Okay. If that's what you want to do, I could entertain that. Actually could do that. If that's what you want to do, but somebody's got to go for that. Yeah, you, I mean, you're going to have to pull the plug on Tucapita Marcano or Diego Castillo if you want to bring Juwan Bay up. Mm-hmm. It's not just there's infinite spots. Yeah, and I think what people have to do is, and we have to remind ourselves all the time of this in baseball. I mean, it's June, so yeah. like you know, like I forget it myself, <laughs> so. right? So I mean, we're talking still. You got four months of baseball left, essentially, right. and. There, there's going to be time to get some of these guys up before the season ends. And don't create the log jam now. Let it play out a little bit. Hey, Rodolfo Castro, that played out a little bit. Right. Um, he needs to go back down. He may or may not be um, seen as important, you know, as important as he once did. But like this will be that time where we can let some of that play out. And then when we get to maybe like August, September, you can start talking about some of these other guys and then get that look at them then is what I think they'll do. Right. So, I mean, I was actually kind of shocked to see that they pulled the trigger on uh, Swaggerty already. Right. Being that they had just called up Cal Mitchell. Now, I understand why Travis Swaggerty's hitting. Yeah, I mean, he's forced his way. Sure. He's hitting. Which is great. It's awesome. And hopefully it continues up here and, you know, he catches fire and does well. That'd be excellent. But it's not really fair to Cal Mitchell. No. Is it? I mean, you're really not going to get eyes on him. And you felt strongly enough to give him a 40-man spot that you didn't give him before the season. So... You know, to it's me, a, there, it's a little bit of a game here, a little bit of a dance. You can't just everybody come up. No, and it's another sign of how in flux things can be. We get very, very caught up in rankings and uh, where we think guys are on the depth chart. And that's going to change. I mean, and you, the Pirates are showing you that month to month, how they're even viewing things. So and injuries and injuries play a part, too. Absolutely, man. So let's take another quick break here. When we come back, we'll do our call your shot. Talk and work. about some other stuff. And we're going to talk about David Bednar, right? And we're I definitely going to hit on David Bednar. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're close enough to actually punch each other. <laughs> That's right. So let's go ahead and have our fight, huh? Yeah, right. let's do it. And we're back on the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. And 
you know, we already talked a little bit about why some of these players aren't going to come up, but Eddie has a question and we should let him ask it because he's been begging to come on the show for a while. And he finally got to do a call your shot. And it's about our buddy Mason Martin that we just discussed a little bit. Yeah, let's but I do think it warrants a little bit more. So let's go ahead and give that a quick break. Hey, Gary and Jim, it's producer Eddie. Uh, I am down at the four, at the uh, shop, the DK Pittsburgh Sports Shop. Uh, I got a call your, call your shot for you guys today. Uh, so hopefully you guys get this sooner or later. Um, and I don't want to like shock you when you guys hear this for the first time when I send this to Gary. Uh, why in the world is Mason Martin still in AAA? And why is he not in the majors? I'd love to hear what you guys have to say about this. Thanks, guys. All right, Jim. So that's call your shot. It's Eddie. We're obviously not that surprised, but, but. <laughs> I I don't think he was live like satellite feed there, but you know, yeah, he was in, familiar. He was in the second DK Pittsburgh sports store that's open somewhere else, probably Winnipeg. I'm guessing the, the chain. Yeah, but um, all right. So here we are, Mason Martin. Why isn't he coming up? And um. I think Michael Chavis does have something to do with it. I think he has played well there. I also think that people maybe get very caught up in seeing the highlights of Mason Martin and they miss like the weeks where he doesn't hit and he's in one of them right now. (laughs) And there's an, there's another guy that requires a 40 man move, you know, and, it kind of needs to be a permanent thought when you do it. I, I do think it'll happen. But everybody I've talked to beat reporter wise, um, you know, Alex, uh, Jason Mackey. I've talked to a bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. They, everybody has the impression that the team wants to give Yoshi another shot, even though I think it, they shouldn't. Uh, I'm not ever going to defend that move. I'm not ever going to be excited about that move. I'm not ever going to sit here and tell you I understand that move. But I am going to tell you I'm also not going to fight City Hall here. I think that's what they're going to do. And until he proves that he's really a bomb, I I think Mason Martin's probably going to stay in AAA. People want Yoshi to hit bombs. He's been like you said, more of just a bomb, but I, you know, and like you said, we're just telling people what we think is going to happen. It's not, it's not necessarily what I would do. Um, I it's think for you, sure not what you would do. You would have cut. Yeah. Shoe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think we could have done this a month ago. Yeah. Right. But, um, you know, I think three, four weeks ago, you started getting that little build up of Mason Martin that everyone started thinking, okay, well maybe he is, a little closer and maybe that's not that far off. I think I even said that, but then he has cooled back down and right. things that used to be the concern have popped back up a little bit. And I think the pirates threw a little bit of cold water on it for, for Mason Martin too, which the quotes were something to the extent of like, no, we, 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 we think he's where he needs to be. I agree. And I actually, I actually agree with the pirates to a degree. Mm-hmm. I understand why they want him to be hot when he comes up. The The thing that, that troubles me about Mason is, and, and I know he's 22 years old, so don't take this wrong, but he's not going to fix 
what people are concerned about in my mind. He, he's got a 30 plus percent strikeout rate. He's probably going to keep having a 30 plus percent strikeout rate. I don't see him learning how all of a sudden to be a, a, a 20% guy. No, it's he's going to happen. No, he's, he's the type of hitter. He's always going to be. It's just to the degree of, of, of how good or bad on the spectrum he's going to be. You can slot him in as, you know, uh, whatever big power guy, big swing and miss rate. And you just trying to get those down to, uh, an acceptable level to be a I mean, major league hitter. He can be big, all that stuff, as long as he's not big country, because that's what we can't <laughs> have is, is you can't have big country come up here and do that again. So, right. I think that's the, the biggest concern is that he's going to wind up basically being a guy that comes up here and strikes out a ton and doesn't hit. To me, when you're a team this power starved though, and you've got a guy that's showing you, He's got that kind of power, man. I, bring him up here. Now's the time to do it. Let him come up here. Let him platoon. Let's see what happens with him. Let's see if, if maybe he can hit those 10, 14, 20 home runs here instead of down there. Yeah. It's not helping the organization for him to be providing the Indians fans with fun. I want him up here providing us with fun. Get Let us see some home runs. Let's yeah. see what he can do here. And he maybe is the right guy to pair with a Chavis. And just the, just, just the, um, for just the fact of the matter of like, you could really pick your spots with Mason Martin and put him in good positions to be yeah. as successful as he can, which also helps Chavis, by the way, based on what he can do as far as, you know, what they do as far as hitting lefty, righty and whatnot. You know what's really funny about that platoon idea? Chavis was the exact same hitter up until this season. Chavis had a terrible K rate. Chavis fixed a lot of a lot of things. He still doesn't draw walks. No. But he has fixed a lot of that strikeout problem that he had. And I think a lot of that is he's not letting himself get as deep into counts. He's going after. He's balls. very aggressive, yeah, which so I happen to like. Well, I like it too, <laughs> but you know, okay. So we've talked about that a little bit. We have to talk about another subject that, that you and I both want to have a, an argument. About yeah. Let's get the bit, call. Right? We, we, we got the call your shot done. So now we can just get into a good old fashioned <laughs> debate. Cause, cause this is something that like, I threw out there and it got a big reaction. I mean, of course it did. I mean, people get mad about that stuff because David Bednar is a home, a hometown guy. Right. And, and I'd love to say that it was an emotional thing. Like, and that's why no people don't want to lose him because he's really good. He's, he's, he's he's fantastically talented and arguably the second best reliever in the league right now. Right. I, behind, I, behind Clay Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I look, he right now, is there a more dominant pitcher in baseball than David Bednar? Clay Holmes. Yeah. I, but you yeah, know what I'm saying? That, like, that's it. So let's talk about it. Do, do the pirates entertain trading him? Should they entertain trading him? I sure wouldn't. Which is, and let me let me go back to what I threw out there on Twitter, which was something to the effect of, um, 
I love David Bednar. He's fantastic. I'd love for him to be a part of whatever's going to happen in Pittsburgh. He's a Pittsburgh guy. And I, um, but I also would listen on David Bednar because I don't think they're in a position yet not to listen for David Bednar. Do you want me to do my whole thing where I always say like, we listen on everybody and all No, that? because okay. we all know that, but That's like, nonsense, yeah, right. right. Okay. So of course they're going to listen on everybody. I just think if David Bednar was a traditional closer, that right. Because I think that was your, your response to me was like, I, you know, we'll talk, this is going to be good to debate. And you see him as more than just that. Yeah. And I, I'm actually curious to hear your, your, thoughts on that i don't think he has to be used in the back end i don't think he cares where he gets used as long as he gets used that's not everybody that's not what every back of the bullpen type pitcher feels that's not conducive to how they all perform well, he's not a diva about he's it he's a rare bird right well he's you from can, pittsburgh so yeah well, you can put him in whenever you tell him, hey, I want you to get the hardest outs every night. That's not a guy that's going to get upset that he's not racking up save stats. He doesn't care. No, he doesn't have an attitude about it. That's why, to me, and he can go two innings if you want him to. He can throw 50 pitches if you want him to. Well, let's say Blake Cedarlin comes up after his arm troubles are all through. Let's hope they get all through. But Blake Cedarlin comes up here, and he's a flamethrower, too, and and – you got two guys like that in the back of that bullpen. That's a two-headed monster. That's a that's a, the type of bullpen that you can ride for a while. Right. At this stage, when I'm plugging holes, man, I'm not looking to unplug them. I'm not looking to like create new ones right now. I want to like keep what we figured out. To me, David Bednar is that guy, and and I I know the old argument people love to make. Well, what do you need? What do you need a, a closer for when your team stinks? Well, if you trade the closer, all you're doing is guarantee the team's going to stink a little bit more for a little bit longer. And I don't think they grow on trees, and I don't think they're a dime a dozen. When you get a guy like that that can give you that kind of consistent performance at this stage, I want a guy like that here to reward those young kids for putting them in a position to win. I don't want to go to nothing. And that's what it would be. Because if you trade David, David Bednar, I guarantee you Stratton's gone too. And then who do you got in the back end of that bullpen? Crow? Okay, but don't you like Crow where he's at? Like, don't you want I, Crow I, being able to pitch three innings? Look, and here, here's, the, here's the thing about this. And um, I do think there are valid points on both sides of it. And this is what I will say is, and you mentioned about plugging, keeping holes plugged, you're, you're plugging a hole. What I would love to be able to do is organizationally maybe plug a bigger hole, which is with the starting pitching. And so I want to be clear to people, you know, you don't get to do this on Twitter a lot because of the character limits. But <laughs> I mean, look, when I talk about moving David Budnar, I talk about it in, in a very narrow sense. And it is finding starting pitching that's close to the major leagues. 
Like if if that has to be the caveat, it's not for anything else. And if this were last year, you'd be basically asking for Mackenzie Gore. Yeah. If, if this were last year. Yeah, right? if this if this were last year. So like and this is what and this is what got me starting. Ironically, it wasn't me thinking about it in David Bednar terms. It was looking at it organizationally and seeing what a Rowanzi Contreras does for you once every five days at the major league level and what that when he's on the mound, you feel like the pirates have a good chance to win a ball game. I want another one of those guys. And I, I, I hope it's burrow, but I also know we need more of those guys and God forbid. Rowan. We're allowed to pluralize burrow here. Oh yes. Right. <laughs> You're yeah. right. This isn't Cincinnati where we have to be all stuck up. Like, it, don't put an S on Burrow. <laughs> no, this is a Burrows. Yes. So we can go ahead and. I want multiple Burrows. Yes. So, uh, but so, and look, I, again, I know that's a narrow section to hit, to, to shoot for. But that's what I'm, that's what I want. I want another guy to pair with like a Rowanzi. And God forbid something happens to Contreras. Well, God no, forbid it happens just, to Burroughs. That's, that's exactly what I was just going to say. People might be clamoring to move a David Bednar because we need those guys. We have it's to not, have them soon. That's what I was just going to say. It's not unfounded because like, if, if Rwanzi Contreras were to, God forbid, have to have Tommy John surgery in 2024, screwed. 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 You better hope that Quinn Priester comes up here and is an all-star. You're right. You better hope Michael Burroughs comes up here. You better hope Jared Jones takes a jump. You need a guys like that to make major leaps to get up here and be ready. Yeah. And so that that's where it got that's where it got me thinking. It was like, man, when when Rowanzi is on the mound, I actually feel like even now with the Pirates with all their deficiencies, they have a good chance of winning a ball game. Yeah. And so um, that's kind of started me down that that road. Now, is that a hard thing to pull off? Absolutely. Teams may not be willing to give up that. And I'm talking top, top flight pitching. Yeah. And, you know, the other argument people have made is well, we have them under control till uh, what is it? Twenty twenty six. Yes, I think. Uh, yeah. And I, and my my line of thinking is with that is. That's actually part of my argument for doing is because he's never, ever going to be more valuable than he is right now. Well, let's be touch, let's touch on one more painful subject because okay. I don't want to do this either. But like is, if we're going to open the door to things like that, let's open the door. All this outfield depth coming up, we're talking about not being able to pull up everybody. Yeah, we can't even get a look at Kanan Smith and Jigba. Forget Matthew Frazier. What about Matt Gorski? 19 home runs yeah, or something? Yeah, there's guys way down on the list. Well, he's 24 years old. You know they're going to rock at him, right? Mm-hmm. So is it maybe a little bit less laughable to think about trading Brian Reynolds now? No, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I, well, I wouldn't either. Um, and I think I think uh, people will say, well, now you're just talking out of both sides of your mouth. Because here I am talking about Bednar, I'll trade him, but I won't trade Reynolds. Well, I won't trade Reynolds because of the position he plays, as opposed to 
Bednar, who is a closer on a team that's just not quite ready yet to to compete to the to to the level of uh, playoffs. So let me get that out there before people jump on me on Twitter about <laughs> how how can you say one about the other. I would not trade Reynolds. I am not that concerned about his start this year. I don't think you trade. I don't think you would trade him now anyway because it'd be the worst time to do it. You know, like um, he's not he's not hitting well. So, um, but what I will say is, is now we're talking about all these, these guys and the pecking order and the log jams that it's creating and will, and will continue to create, hopefully, you know, my, my hope, and I brought this up even last year when we first started this thing was maybe we get to the point where we can start to move some of those guys in a trade out, Yeah, you know, you can sweeten a deal. I think they're going to have to. You can sweeten a deal that way um, if you're trying to get something back where you can say, hey, you know, and I don't want to you don't want to make the wrong call on guys. No, but I mean, I think overall we're both saying the same thing here. OK, yes. Listen, I, I, I get we can have conversations like that. We're not calling for it as much as open to it. Right. But I think one thing that we probably need to think about, because this is really the first time we're ever going to experience it this year. The way they've changed the playoff structure, uh, dude. Next year, like if you're flirting with 500, guess what else you're flirting with? The postseason. So I'm not sure. Like I want to even consider not being ready to compete right now, because I think they'll be a 500 team next year or close to it. So yeah, maybe I'm not as okay with considering moving on from anybody like like a David Bednar you know it is I mean it is a tough call things are going to change in baseball uh big time yeah that's it I wouldn't have traded Jacob Stallings and I really like the return for him yeah and I'll tell you have you seen Jacob Stallings' numbers oh I have I have boy has that been a rough go I think he has a one home run and a OPS in the 500 so give give Sherrington a little credit there too so um well I mean you know, you can always look back posthumously and and think it was good. I still think we're really short on catcher depth because of it, but it's regardless. It's fair. The move I think is ultimately going to turn out good, and no matter what they do, I think that's the way you have to look at it. How did it end up turning out? And he wanted some pitching, and he got some pitching. So you know, it's you can't rule it out. But hey, great talk for today. We're going to try to keep it tidy because. This is a, a place, a place of, business. of business. They actually have things to do here. Yeah. Plus, uh, they actually want to do business and get the vagrants out of the studio. Yeah. And, and Eddie, Eddie's broken his ankle and he's like, st- he's stumping around. Like, yeah. Trying not to trip over cords and stuff. I feel bad for him. <laughs> so let's go ahead and end the show and uh, say goodbye to everybody. How do people get a hold of you, Jim? Yeah. So uh, as always, guys, Twitter all the time, Pittsburgh all the time, Steelers, Pirates, Pitt. And penguins. Yep. Hey, Twitter the same, Gary Mo2007. You can look me up on Facebook if you must. I don't necessarily care for it, but I'll go <laughs> on there on occasion. And we'll or, have to come back down here and do this again. Yeah, we'll definitely come back down here and do it. That's the only way we're ever gonna get day on. Yeah, to be honest. That's true. He's well, agreed to it, but I know I already know I'm gonna have to come here or and glue him to a seat. Yeah, or or just sit in his kitchen and wait for him to wake up. Right. I don't know what's gonna happen, but that's how it's gonna play out. Right. So 
Hey, without further ado, Ben, take it away, brother. 